welcome to Anime Archives for your hosts, Ernest and John. What's up? Hello, and we're back. Yeah, we're back for another one. We're back diving into the archives for kind of a old school, very old school that we dug deep into our mental closets. And I remember this anime that really hit me as an adolescent boy. Yeah, middle school and high school. When we, you kind of go back and you think of all the anime you watched, and you think of uh, the time in your life when you watched it, and how much it really influenced you. There's a couple anime that always pop out for us, and one that we always, for some reason, that was in the back of our mind was Boys B. And this one, uh, I was actually pretty excited for us to re-dive into again because I didn't know if it was as good as what I remembered Mm. or if it was. Perfect for its time period. Yeah. The Boys B was, you know, I think it definitely helped me through uh, high school a lot and, like, dealing with uh, teenage, dealing with, like, crushers and stuff. And it's interesting going back and seeing how, you know, what what memories it brought back from that time and how I felt about it today. So let's just jump into the synopsis of Boys B. So here it goes. I want to thank... Uh, my anime list and Wikipedia always gotta give a shout out to them sources keep following them Um, so the synopsis goes like this there are two sides to every love story and boys B reveals what's really going on from the guys point of view meet the three normal high school guys with just one thing on their minds girls quiet Koichi has been friends with Shiharu ever since they were young but lately his feelings had begun to change. Lecherous Makoto, a self-proclaimed master of the rules of romance, is ready to sweep the ladies off their feet. And Yoshihiko, a handsome sports nut, is unfortunately a bit clueless in matters of the heart. Join the helpless trio for a year of romantic misadventures that will change their lives forever. Some of this stuff I don't agree with, uh, especially... Yoshihiko being a sports nuts because I think he doesn't. He only started caring about baseball. I think that's inaccurate because (laughs) they even said in the first couple episodes that uh, they forced him to do baseball and he had no problem in ditching baseball for a female quick. He just saw it was easy. She left and he went back, but quick. He's like, Oh, you guys need me for playoffs? That's cool. But what about that girl though? Anytime girls, video games, he's like, Hey, it's easy for him. It wasn't until someone else changed his mind that he started actually thinking of competitively. But anyways, um, so this is a this is a new one for us. Uh, when we were doing when I was doing the research on this anime, usually we say the source material is a manga or a light novel or even a you know movie or something like that. But <laughs> it's, I don't know about wrong. that one. It's but always a light novel going. or a manga. But anyways. For the Boys B anime, instead of them doing adapting the manga, all they did was adapt the manga's name and character names from uh, the series of Boys B. Because the Boys B manga is a series of uh, anthologies of short stories about a boy going through crushes and adolescence and uh, infatuations with girls. And the anime is its own complete work. Just with the name in general. Yeah, the manga is more single one-off stories just about love and loss, where the actual anime is centered around a group of friends and kind of going through their problems. 
which is really kind of an interesting way of how they took uh, actually took that because that's I've never really seen that in, in other anime or other manga. Have you? No, not at all. To a point where because it was so different, I even decided to read the first five chapters of the manga just to see the difference and then talk about it with John. So that's going to be towards the end of the episode. We'll talk about more about it and I share some of the stories I read. But anyways, uh, you go orange is just the source material in general. The manga was written by Masahiro Habashi. Um, his other works include A Girls. That's the title from it. Uh, non D Payon. Uh, he did Boys B Season 2, second season. Uh, Boys B L Co-op and Boys B Young Adult. And just Boys B in general. And uh, he also did a sequel to that non D Payon called Akawari Nan De Payon. Um, I think it's a lot of it's like he does a lot of slice of life stories. He sounds like the Japanese version of Chicken Soup for the Teenage yes. Soul. Because Actually, have you ever read that kind of growing up? Yeah. Yeah. I, I used to love those stories growing up. Just about love, loss, different people's perspectives. Yeah. It was really cool. And I mean, you mentioned two or three different Boys B versions just kind of on your list right there. So it shows he kind of... Do you think he just had his heart broken a lot? <laughs> like, or do you yeah, think he or, just has like a lot of unlucky friends? Yeah, that or maybe he was like, I think, uh, interesting enough, I was having a talk with one of my friends was like, it's like sometimes in life we don't have like an older adult male who can really help us through our adolescence and stuff. It's like he's sharing stories that these are normal and stuff and we go through it and almost like you can learn from them and stuff like, hey, your life. Like, especially in high school, I felt like, at least for me, it felt like our world was so small, contained in that, of that being that some of the things I went through was like the biggest critical moments of my life where a girl I didn't, I didn't, I liked so much, didn't recuperate feelings. And I was like, I thought she liked me and how much that made me sad and, and feel despair. And when I'm older now, I'm like, oh, it happens now. That's life. You know, sometimes you like someone, you think you guys click together, but you might have feelings and she might just see you as a friend and that's okay. Exactly. Yeah. And so having these stories, I think it's really important out there because yeah. one, it just shows that, hey, you're not alone. And two, it shows that there's also a growing, you can grow from each one of them. For sure. Um, the manga was illustrated by Hiro Yuki uh, Tamakoshi and was published by the company uh, Koda, Kodansha. And it was... That felt familiar because I feel like it. Kodansha they do some light, some light definitely novels. Definitely familiar. Um, but when I went to look at their specific page, I, it mainly focused on the magazines and stuff. So I want to see if they do like published light novels and stuff like that. I'm gonna keep going. Uh, but Boys B first uh, debuted on the magazine Weekly Shonen magazine. Uh, other work from this Weekly Shonen magazine uh, included uh, Two Year Eternity. Uh, that's a popular one. I heard a lot about. Um, it's supposed to be really sad, but a great manga. Uh, they did a show I, you know, talked about like for like two, three episodes. Uh, Hero no Sora, which a basketball one. They that was published to that magazine. They also got a new one that looks interesting. And you might want to check it out because it's like a crows. It's called Tokyo Revengers, and it's like a adolescent, you know, boys delinquents fighting and stuff. Uh, they also did this cool sports anime that at first I would pass up because it looks so weird. And it's about a sport I really didn't care about, so uh, soccer or football for those uh, in, in Europe and around the world, actually. We're the only ones who 
Is that Captain Suasa? Huh? No, no. This one is called Days. Huh. Uh, That's a soccer anime? Yeah, Days oh. is a soccer anime. It's good. It's really good. I want to watch Captain Tsubasa, but I can't. I got to look for a source. But Days is really good. Uh, a cool, I don't know, it's just a, a good a good slice of life uh, anime on Crunchyroll. It should still be there. So it's still, is it, it slice of life more than yeah. a sports anime? It's then? about sports, but it's more like you're still like going through the point of view of this kid who never played soccer or any sports who was like bully, almost like Hajime Ippo, who just has a strong determination to improve because he enjoys soccer because it brings him with his friends and stuff. It's more like, you know, that that teammate and how you can be part of a community so much that that makes you become better at a sport. Hmm. You have this strong potential that first people don't notice until they see you in action. So I really liked it. Definitely highly recommend it. Uh, also, uh, this weekly Shonen magazine, they did a, another uh, manga and anime that you love. You buy the lot novels, love this anime. Uh, they did Baki Mon- Mono Katari. Baki Mono Katari. You better yes. say that name with some respect. <laughs> How dare I was, you? As I was saying, I was like, I'm butchering it. Yeah, that, so hurt, got to that hurt me. I felt insulted. Baki Mono But they, they published that um, that too. So I know you love that series. And they also did my one of my favorite all-time favorite sports animes that made me realize, and even uh, as I started student teaching, there's still people, uh, my mentor teacher I'm working with, he didn't even know sports animes existed. Mm. So when I was like saying like, "Hey, this is a good one," my one of my favorite ones, and I n- now know that he likes boxing, so I'm gonna probably be like, "Hey, I'm gonna download on a USB this great boxing anime, Hajime no Ippo." I got I t- pull out my hard drive last night. I was looking through it. I had the first season. I had the second season. I'm just gonna put on a little USB and say, "Hey, you're enjoy. welcome." Enjoy. <laughs> that show is woo. I love Hajime no Ippo. Love it. Uh, they also did another uh, and manga that I want to check out called Eden Zero. It looked kind of cool. But anyways, uh, going back to the manga, the original run for the first Boys B manga was from 1991 to 1997. 91 is my birth year, so that's cool. Uh, it had about 32 volumes that it was released. Damn, that's a lot of volumes. Yeah. Man. That's and a lot I, of heartbreak. Including the other seasons and stuff. So it is, like you said, like Teenage Soup for a Soul. It's like a, a lot. Chicken soup. That's a teenage soup. No. Well, chicken, chicken soup, soup for, the, well, for the teenage soul. Yeah. I think that chicken was the title. The, yeah. I remember I had like four or five of those books back then. Had some too. Definitely hit hit the feels. Um, let's move on to the anime, shall we? So the anime itself was directed by Masumi Masami uh, Shimoda. And it was written by Kinichi Kanemaki. Uh, the studio... Uh, that you know, uh, release this. I'm sorry, I was gonna like talk about uh, this is different because I looked at the director and like who it was written by. Some of their works are not as as elaborate guys anymore. Like they did like little works and made me realize how much in the anime industry, how much that you might be a director for one thing, but you do other things all the time. It's not like a strict person. You won't see Michael Bay being just a a sound guy. A sound guy or something like that. Yeah, or just doing storyboard. Mm-hmm. That's something like simple as that. And maybe see how big this industry is. And like when you hear it, see these big, a name of director doesn't mean that's all they do. And how kind of like you got to move up the ladder. Well, we also have to remember the time period. And yeah. I'm sure there wasn't too as many options back then as oh, there were sure. now. Because I know like anime studios have a real big trouble being profitable. Mm. 
And so, and I know like the West is really like really increased that market and helped yeah, out. For that, but yeah, I'm that. sure back then he they probably didn't have as many options as they had to multitask and multi, uh, do multiple things. Like we talked about before, like anime was mainly used to sell the source material to advertise. It was mm-hmm. an advertisement of it. Um, so the studio that uh, published uh, the anime was uh, How Film Maker. Um, it was founded in August 11, 1993, about 27 years ago, and like it merged into another company. But some of it works included because uh, I wanted to see what other stuff they did. Uh, so some of the things like some of these animals I never heard of besides one. So one I'm gonna see if maybe even John has heard it. One is called Saber Marinette J. Nope. Uh, Strange Dawn. Nope. Uh, Bludgeoning Angel Dokoro Chan. I think I would remember a bludgeoning angel. That one's weird because I read. I was like, "Why is this? What this name is weird?" But basically, it's about this angel that is almost like messing with this kid, who's like this teenage boy, and she like every episode she like kills him at the end, so it brings him back. And then it's weird. That actually kind of piques my curiosity yeah. in a weird way. But it was like a, a. It was only four episodes. It was like oh, a little mini series kind of thing. That's lame. That killed uh, it. But it, it's based off a manga. Uh, another one they did was Night Wizard, the animation. That's always weird when they do, like, bring a manga together and they say, hey, here it is. We're going to do the animation to it. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like the Persona one. So they did Persona games. Yeah. Persona 5, the animation. I just think it takes the name out. Just say Persona 5. And no one's going to confuse it with the video game. Because one's, one's a video game and one's anime. It's goofy. Uh, and they also did uh, Skip Beat, which... Uh, I remember seeing, I read like a volume of. It reminds, um, I remember seeing it like you did it like in the library quite a lot. And it was always around like the Mars section or, um, gosh, what was another one? Paradise Kiss. So it was kind of a, the, that style. I think it was uh, centered around fashion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the anime's original run for Boys B was from April 11th, 2000 to July 4th of 2001. One season? It's only. 13 episodes um i w- wasn't able to find uh, this show off any like sites like amazon country Row, funimation uh hulu any of that we had I, to go into the yeah. depths of the web to find this i had to go to kiss anime and i also had to have a ad blocker right what ad i mean that fa- that just sounded like a little dry snitching right there but dry uh, snitching. <laughs> that's a website I'm just I saying say you can I, find it yourself. I didn't say I pirate bait it. I was like, I, I illegally downloaded it. I'm going off. Hey, it's a legitimate source. I don't know about legitimate source. If you have an ad blocker, it looks legitimate. But you should definitely download all the ad blockers yeah. if you're going to go to that site. So my, my computer was getting, mal- like, all these virus attacks was hitting my computer. My thing was blocking it. Clock, 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 just blocking all these viruses. I was like, dang, this site wants you to go down. It does. Uh, but let's talk about the anime before we jump into the music. Um, so let's just jump into it. Um, what is a character that stood out to you? Well, or should we say the names of all the first? Three, we should kind of rego through this. So the the anime centers around kind of the main three, yes. which is uh, Kyoichi uh, Kanzaki, yep. uh, Yoshihiko Kenjo, and their friend Makoto Kurumizawa. And it's pretty much centered around these three and their attempts to finding some form of romance or love kind of in their lives, whether it's like or 
breaking through the illusion of what they thought love was kind of at that time. Because, again, during this time period, and we can both attest to this, when you're a kid, let alone a teenager, life itself is incredibly confusing. You're pretty selfish at this time. And sometimes we don't know what love is, but we kind of have either an unrealistic idea of it or just a kind of a faint image of what we think this should be. And so it's really interesting uh, how this anime goes around these three friends and kind of uh, their normal problems kind of on their day-to-day lives. Mm. Yeah. And uh, the anime breaks down these stories similar to the anthology of the manga, but uh, each episode focuses on one of the main, one of the three characters, primarily from their point of view and what they're dealing with, love or uh, adventure or some kind of in- internal crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had the three main characters, Kyoichi, Yoshi, uh, Yoshihiko, and we got Makoto. So out of those three characters, did you have one that kind of stood out? Um, my favorite character was uh, Yoshihiko, mm-hmm. um, Kinjo. Uh, the reason why is like as soon as I booted up, uh, started the first episode, there was a part that I remember in high school uh, uh, when we would have like when we were just sitting around joking around talking about what we like about girls, and for some reason this one stuck in my mind was Yoshihiko. Yoshihiko said something like, "The best part of a girl's body are their calves. He just likes how the muscle it goes down and becomes thin and all that." And I was just like, this is, "It made me really think about like my little things where what I like the most, like looking in a girl's eyes and stuff." And it's like, "Oh, that's the most beautiful thing." And I don't know. He just was one of those characters. Like he isn't like too much in his head, and sometimes they think he's like dumb, but he's more like, "Hey, he's going with the flow," and he doesn't see all these big moments happening mm-hmm. until he faces it. And then it really shows this anime, I think, does a good job showing his character build and grow and take some things more serious, especially as uh, the episode with the, the the girl in the Santa suit kind of costume. Oh, the, really, the yeah, idol. The idol and make him realize, that, hey, when you when you when you care, when you care about someone, when when you care about someone, it's not just about a hey, uh what, what we're doing related to our hobbies, but that, hey, sometimes you're going to spend time with someone and say, hey, check in, mm-hmm. and how important that can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, just having someone you can just, you know, be yourself with. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he stood out for me. What about you? Who was a character that you uh, related to the most? It's What sucks is when you, when I watched this anime, it made me, of course, think about when we were back in high school. Yeah. And I, I feel like there was certain moments where I seen myself in each character and it was only like the worst, like the flaws, <laughs> like oh. nothing good, but yeah. it was like, oh, I messed that one up. Oh, I done that mess up. Oh, he messed that one up. He should have seen that sign. Mm. And so I seen, there is a lot I seen in all three characters mm. that really, uh, that I thought was really kind of interesting sure. in a frustrating way, because again, it's like when I think of my high school, there was a lot of, there was some good moments, 100%, but there's also a lot of moments where now I have a little bit more wisdom. I genuinely do cringe on, and I wish I would have been a little bit more uh, empathetic or mm-hmm. just a little bit smarter in terms of how I approach that situation. So when I seen these three uh, characters and kind of their flaws, what they did, you know, the innocence of Koichi, uh, Yoshihiko's kind of earnestness. And anytime he goes and does something, he does it 100%. He kind of gives it all and like loses himself in it. I enjoyed that aspect. Makoto in terms of like, he thought he had the perfect girl's image, like kind of in his head that didn't work out. And I don't want to say he like settled for somebody else, but that open, 
you thought that that closed a door, but it also opened another door in terms of like a really unexpected, pleasant surprise for him. Mm. So out of the three main characters, the one that stood out would have to be Yoshihiko for me, just like you. Um, For me, it was the first episode that was a revolved around him where it dealt with a him hitting a baseball into a library seeing a girl and he never seen that girl again like after that moment and how she kind of dominated his mind it was like that one time encounter and again this has happened in my personal life at one point in my life too where you meet this person once and there's something about that that just hits that spark in you and that's all you can think about. And then all of a sudden you're kind of losing yourself and you'll never see that person again because either they moved, the school ended, um, they left their job, the yeah. same job as you. And there's so many different like s- situations where that small thing has happened in my life. Maybe not to the same degree, but to the same point where you're like, hey, sometimes that one moment with a stranger can really impact you and almost change your your mental like your perspective on things and which did for him and how earnest he was because he was on the baseball team yeah he and it he immediately i mean it showed the front of the baseball team's perspective you know they needed him to go to the playoffs they needed him a lot he was very talented and how he was the type of guy that was like i don't really care because i'm so controlled by this one thing i want this thing I really like one. I respect that, but also it's one of those things where it's, I remember doing something very similar where you have no problem pushing other stuff off because you're so focused on this one thing that's right in front of you. And I feel like I was able to, as a character, as a whole, I, I was able to identify with him the most because I like, I've remembered jumping into quite a lot of different things growing up. And you're putting everything, all your time, your heart, your soul, all your mental energy into that. And so I really liked that. Like, liked him quite a lot. I mean, he grew on me throughout the whole anime. But he had some really nice moments where he is dumb. He's He yeah. does some dumb stuff, like, for sure. He's a but, typical, like, the jock meathead stereotype. Kind but of he's also very earnest in terms yeah. of he's not a manipulated guy he's not like a meathead in terms of a in a bad way he's not a bro for instance yeah and he says and like when we say dumb like maybe i would say he is not not aware not not aware he's not like well knowledgeable by books and stuff like that but sometimes he says some of the wisest words mm-hmm. that uh before we even started filming john showed me one that i didn't really think stood out immediately when i first watched it but when you watched it again especially because I watched it in dub and John watched it in sub. Like, seeing it in sub and seeing how authentic uh, kind of that is, especially with the atmosphere, it really made the, the things stand out even more. Because sometimes in dub, I can, you can block out things and do other things at, at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I don't really take the gravity of you actually reading it. Uh, I think that yeah. might be kind of a, a problem with dub then. Mm-hmm. Is because with dub, because you're able to understand it, you're not, you don't have to give it a hundred percent of your attention. You're able to have distractions, have conversations with other people, do the dishes. Mm -hmm. You're able to do homework. You're able to do so much, but when it comes to sub, you have to read it. So it's like, it's forcing you to give your undivided attention to it. And you're able to pick up a lot of minor details that I don't think we would have been able to pick up without that. I think that might be even the one of the reasons why I, even when I watch things that are naturally dubbed because it's uh, shows from here, I watch it with uh, 
it's subtitles on. I, mm-hmm. I like seeing subtitles. I like making sure I'm not missing anything just because how someone says a word mm-hmm. or things in the background. Uh, but yeah, I, I uh, but the other characters, I think this show does a good job of showing these characters who have small issues growing up. Mm-hmm. I think Mokoto, uh, that we said is like lecherous. Uh, you just see that he's a, a, a got a teenage boy who really likes girls and he has his ideal of the girls that you see in and his hentai and adult videos and stuff like that. And he grows to really, you know, see someone that he he less likely saw and become a, a special part in their life, uh, Yumi. I thought mm-hmm. that was a cool story. And then Koichi is just like a boy who authentically himself and wants to, you know, start have a relationship with a, a girl that he didn't, who was just his childhood friend, but became someone cult, like more like, infatuated with and saw her beauty and that being Chiharu, who which we're gonna have a big discussion about uh but i, I just like that his growth and his understanding that hey not everything is going to be like my art and stuff it's not going to be like those frozen in time things that perfectly beauty captured and the story will be like this beat by beat that life goes on and we're all different beings and then there's sometimes the image and belief and dream that you have of someone isn't who they are in reality. Mm-hmm. And I think this show does a good job of showing that uh, the person you might think you know so well and grew up with may not be the person you really know, especially when you're out there in their presence. And that's the thing is this show has a really authentic uh, way of presenting real adolescence and the confusion that's in that mm-hmm. with how these three main characters have very contrasting personalities that complement each other really, really well. Just like kind of our friend group growing up and maybe other people's friends group who are listening to us as well, where you'll see like how uh, like you might realize like your friend group all has some similar things. But when you say, okay, if I individually kind of put them on paper, we're all dramatically different in so many different ways from ethics to just how we kind of see our own life in each other's life. And I like what they did in terms of they had, I mean, in terms of this anime, there wasn't the typical tropes, for instance. There wasn't like a tsundere or a yandere or anything in between, okay? There was people acting like real people and making stupid decisions like real people do. And that is frustrating, but it's also one of those things where what does make a good anime is it something for instance where it keeps it safe is it something that takes a lot of risk or is it something that's more realistic like what really and for me it's like yeah it could be a combination of all of that but what i think is just what has staying power in your mind when you finish something do you think about it a week later do you think about it two weeks later is it something that you can keep you up at night is if it's a yes to any of those then to me i think that that anime or that story whether you're reading watching playing or anything of the in between i think then that means it should be good because it now has a small uh, version of real estate in your head like what would you think like when it comes to this like when you uh you watched this story because it was really pretty like in terms of different moments um what would you say like really kind of makes a good anime to you or not even an anime a good story to you um, I think a good story is really uh, characters and how realistic and like, especially when they can uh, provoke thoughts and uh, memories to you. Um, just us talking right now. Uh, I had I wrote down one I want to talk about from when I read the manga, but one I just thought about right now was there's an episode where Koichi started dating a 
a girl named uh, Shoko, um, and uh, she she asked him to uh, meet him at a uh, at water fountain. Say, hey, we're gonna have a let's go hang out tonight at uh, at seven p.m. And Koichi is still dealing with his own uh, issues at the time. That he is just sitting in his bed, relaxing, reminiscing that he completely forgets about that plan. And I remember me being in high school, making plans to like meet up with someone. It's like, oh, we're going to go do this cool thing at the comic book store and show some things. And my I got stood up just like uh, Koichi did to Shoko to the point where, unlike Koichi, my person didn't say I was late and came back late and tried to make an excuse. It just didn't happen. And how that was real. Like, sometimes... You think you you have an expectation of someone arriving at some place to do this big date that you have in your head, and it doesn't come to be. And yep. sometimes, and how much pain that is at that time. But in real, it's just like, hey, that's life. Sometimes, again, we make we create these ideal versions of people that that's not who they are, and we got to kind of realize that. That you know, I think the biggest thing I came to grow from like this anime, and then just growing up is like. The biggest thing I had to do first is, like, I got to learn to love myself bef- before I can truly love someone else mm-hmm. and be be fine with saying that, hey, that person, you know, isn't going to be my whole world, but I'm happy that they're with me. And mm-hmm. I think this anime starts bring, start doing that little seeds of sprinkling that into your life and saying that one person, you can be in a relationship with anyone, that one person is not going to be your whole being. So that one person won't eliminate your loneliness, per mm-hmm. se, or... Uh, any issues that I might have. There's stuff that you got to internally process and get through. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Dang. This show, yeah. It's like, what? So, this show brings up, I mean, for a 13 episode anime that really popped up on the map in the, <laughs> in the year 2000. Yeah. So, it's over 20 years old. Yeah. 20 years old at this point. The, it does a good job at giving you a little bit of that staying power because it's so different and especially some of the slice of life anime that you see nowadays i mean again like i said a little earlier the major thing i noticed was there was no tropes in here Mm. and for me it was such a pleasant realization when i realized it didn't have the typical we like anime characters of the kudere the sundere all (laughs) all the durees out there yeah and I like that because in my real life, I don't see a freaking tsundere every five minutes. I don't. like Or a yandere, thank God. So it's one <laughs> of those things where it's like, this to me is one of the more realistic characters or cast that I've seen in an anime in a long time. And so kind of going through that, I mean, they, there was many different ep- or there was 13 episodes. Did you have any episode or a specific story that happened? Um, in this anime that kind of stood out to you? Um, hmm, interesting. Uh, one that just came to mind immediately was uh, one dealing with Makoto um, and how his character grows. There's this uh, date that he goes on, like he makes this technology program thing that helps him figure out what girl would be his best interest. That they'd be a perfect match, almost like how in school we used to have these little, uh, on Valentine's Day, they did a little matchmaker thing mm-hmm. where you can figure out which one you're close to relate to. And you're like, oh, this perfect person perfectly for me. And uh, he um, he came to find out that one of his friends, uh, who named Yumi, who's like this like ner- 
kind of like nerdy girl with glasses mm-hmm. who uh, uh, is friends with like, his ideal girl. Uh, so he, in order to ha- asking her to sell a date between her, Yumi's like, hey, we gotta, we're gonna have to go on a little date, and I gotta see if you actually will be kind and caring to my friend. And they go on this date, and little by little, you see that he, maybe Makoto is seeing that it's not all about the ideal person that makes you, you know, care about someone and fall in like that opposites can attract and someone, the person you least, least expected might be the person that it will become something, someone important in your life. And I just liked how this character went from being such a lecherous, like let's watch adult videos. Uh, I want to, I want to look at girls butts and all that stuff to being like this very concerned, more person. Like I want to grow up to that. He wants to be with this person that he cares about. And then that episode of him not meeting with his ideal girl and going back to Yumi saying that that was a dream of his, that he put her picture in his planner book. He took all these notes, but he still kept a reminiscence of that date that caused his other date to go wrong. And then towards the end of the 13-episode the, the series, there's a special moment I liked where uh, because it's like end of the world, Y2K, like or the 2000s had this big Nostradamus. That was the Y2K effect, so they thought in the year 2000, technology would fail yeah, because of the, the way the number system was created. And so I, and I actually remember that time period in my life really, really clearly because I was 10 at that point. Mm-hmm. And um, they thought pretty much uh, the economy systems uh, would all start to crash pretty much. Yeah. So like, so with that being said, they had like this superstition that oh, couples are together in that time. You won't be together. Like, it was misinformation, obviously. But I like this scene where he's like, man, I really wish I didn't say that. And we were separated. I wish she was here at the moment. And he turns around, and she's just standing there, like, just sitting there. And that, that beauty of, like, hey, the person that you care about, just sometimes you just glide. Yeah, that serendipity, yeah. pretty, like, moment yeah. where you're like, out of all the people, out of all the times, like, you and me are both here coincidentally yeah. at this point. And just hits. And... And that episode was just great because other characters had these moments, and not all of it was romantic and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then that's a big thing. Like, not everyone is going to fall in love at the same time or find their soulmate at the same time as you. And that happens, but yeah, just those moments can be beautiful and also going to be different from others. It really shows how much we grow and change. But mm-hmm. that episode of the date and him, really, Makoto growing as a character in the series, I really liked. Mm-hmm. What about you? For me, my favorite one that really stood out was it was near the end of the series and it was pretty much where the main kind of plot, the main thing really happened to the main character, Koichi. And he starts uh, realizing kind of how lonely he is as a person and how the weight is almost crushing him at that point. And he takes solace in befriending his coworker who is also going through a very lonely point in their life and to where they're all they're they're both uh, relying on each other to kind of beat that loneliness aspect. And so it's this friendship that really blossomed and they're kind of growing with each other and trying to help each other out, just trying to figure out like what is this? And then, you know, the the episode happens and near the end of it, that's where, like, it gives me goosebumps thinking about it. The three main characters uh, are all on this bench, mm-hmm. and they all really start talking about the crossroads of their life uh, and what loneliness means to them, like, individually, as well as, like, uh, what it means as a man 
and just like what you're able to do. And again, you know, political correctness aside, when it comes to this, everybody experiences loneliness, whether you're a man or a female. But from their perspective and what they were talking about was like loneliness is the one thing where it's like a man. It's the hardest thing for them to naturally express to other people because it's such a, a vulnerability and it brings out all the insecurities when you have it. It's a weakness. And so when you feel that loneliness and you feel that weakness, there's a lot of things that spring up from that weakness. You know, insecurities at that point, mm-hmm. other vulnerabilities, you'll start to feel less confident because now you're comparing, uh, you're pairing either your lack of relationship to people's relationships and other stuff like that. And it hits everybody. And they talk kind of a little bit about how this is like a normal high school thing, mm-hmm. which and I remember like, you know, feeling that. But yeah. it's also more than that. And that's why I like the other episode. It's one of those things where I remember that. Hitting me a little bit as a kid, but as an adult, you realize again, whether you're in your teens, you're in your early your twenties, or you're going into your thirties and forties at this point, loneliness will hit every single person in so many different ways on so many different occasions. And it's like you can be in a crowded room full of all your good friends and family and still feel incredibly alone at that point. Mm. And so the dialogue that those three friends have between each other of just accepting and embracing that loneliness and learning how to love yourself because a a female or a male is not going to take that loneliness away from you. If you if you felt that before, having someone's presence is going to mask that loneliness. It's not going to change it. It's like putting a Band-Aid on a wound that needs stitches. And I think to me, as an anime, there was so much that you could learn and so much that we did learn from this anime growing up that did help influence us. And I think a lot of positive ways because of the perspectives. But now as an adult reading or uh, watching it and being like, wow, like I'm still learning some things from this anime even today that are incredibly beautiful because, again, the older you get or maybe it's not even age related. There's points in your life where you don't have a mentor. You don't have a per, a father figure or a person in your life where you feel like you can count on for your advice. So if you don't have that, what do you rely on? Your friends, the only people that you have that happen to do that know a little bit about you enough to give it some real advice to. Yeah. But the thing is, is your friends are just as dumb as you. They don't <laughs> fucking know. They don't have experiences or anything of that sort. They make educated guests based off their own personal experience, thinking that it's in your best interest, which sometimes it could be, but a lot of times it's really not because it doesn't fit how you work or how you as a person ethically me and Ernest are dramatically different people Mm. so when we think of a situation for instance and I think hey this is what you need to do in this situation that is just because I think that's right and that's what I would do does not mean that is the end-all be-all right situation because again if uh, we are dramatically different ethically him doing that could hurt himself a lot more than actually help him and even though i said it to try for his best interest because i want him to help out sometimes people have your best interest in mind and they genuinely do want you to succeed but they give you the wrong advice or yeah at that point and it's one of those things where we have to realize we can't rely on just like one specific person Mm. you have to diversify because everyone's perspective you can actually learn from their perspective you can learn from their experience and you can really grow from it and i feel from these three main characters i was able to really think about you know what i did in the past what i'm doing in the present and i still think by the end of the 13 episodes i actually did feel some real growth all over again yeah i think uh with that i think for me especially 
growing up in our friendship and stuff, I think I was blessed enough to say that I had friends that I could be vulnerable with. I think not everyone, especially in the time and the growth and maybe your community that I feel like for boys and men, we, we feel that we can't be as vulnerable. We can't really express our emotions or show like genuine, like sadness. We got to be tough and like deal with it and say, Hey, we got to grow up. We got to be a man. And, uh, this show made me think about how masculinity can sometimes cloud that thing of being like, Hey, crying is not weakness. Uh, being vulnerable and saying that, Hey, I'm dealing with stuff is not weakness. It's that big thing. It's like, it's okay not to be okay. And I think I was glad that I had friends that I could talk about these stuff with. And even if, um, you know, as we grow over like that, sometimes the advice would work perfectly. And sometimes it didn't work the same because I'm, I'm not them. They're not me. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, how we handle things, might just be it just does a mix i remember this funny moment uh when me and john was working at uh our baseball stadium um a season and there was this girl at my high school who would uh bother me a lot and um she she was just mean to me for some reason i was like why is this girl mean even though i thought she was uh, extremely attractive I was like this girl's bomb she was bomb but even she, now i still go <laughs> damn <laughs> But she was just mean to me for some reason. And uh, uh, John John gave me the advice. He's like, hey, man, let's call her a bitch. That's it. Say, say you being a bitch right now. Don't let her tease you. Because I would let her tease me and like make fun of me. I wasn't saying that. I'm like, oh, like that little thing. And John was confident enough where a customer came up. He's like, hey, man, this girl is treating this guy this way. What would he do? Guy, The customer was like, I'll call her a bitch, man. I was like, damn. Everyone's doing it. I had the nerve. I was like, man, I can't do this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I caught her a bitch one day in class. I was like, hey, you're a bitch. She wanted to fight me. I was like, oh, shit. This is not- <laughs> oh, I I had no shame about it. I ran after school. Of course. I, got, I, I took the back exit. She was there for some reason. She almost got in a fight with me, but I got the hell out of there. She was mad as hell. But she stopped messing with me after that. So the- <laughs> Sounds like she knew she was It wasn't the same. And sad enough, well, actually, I won't go there. But the point thing is, I was like, <laughs> go like, uh, but she stopped messing with me after that. But still, like, some advice is good, but it's also like sometimes people can't do certain things. You know, that was different. And I remember the one of the biggest ones was a girl I liked that I would always look her in the eye and stuff and have these staring contests. Like, it wasn't staring contests, but it was like me looking at her and was like, yeah, I want you, but not saying anything. And then finally, when someone found out that I liked her because I was a high school boy who wrote I like you in my notebook and someone mm-hmm. watched me write about her in my notebook and then told her and it just ended badly. I remember the weakest thing I did was instead of me going up and telling her like this, is how I feel like if, if you don't feel the same, let's still be friends. I, I took my I wrote a note to her and I knew she worked in the library. I took that note. And I chucked it at her in the library and ran. I said, huh! and then I ran out of the library and ran out. I was like, huh! instead of me handing it to her, <laughs> me now would obviously hand it to her, or maybe I would just move on. And the th- that's the thing yeah, is, like it's like realizing that it makes you cringe, yeah. but there's also a kind of a beauty to it because you realize you know how complicated and how intense that emotion is for sure confessing to anybody i think to me even now as an adult 
is the hardest thing anybody can do mm. because even the, and like, don't get me wrong obviously like military being a police officer there's harder shit okay <laughs> yeah. but emotionally i think it's one of the hardest things you can do because again for the average person it's just rejection they can move on but and once they have to face that and eat that it's easy for somebody but until they get to that point they have to struggle with it they have to fight themselves where it's like the words i like you or i love you gets caught in their throat multiple times and they have to agonize over it where days and weeks they think about this person before they even get a rejection or even get the acceptance and it's like i think like being able to genuinely confess to somebody at any age of your life is an incredibly difficult thing to do you have to be incredibly strong because for at least me in particular or and a lot of my friends a lot of people i've seen kind of growing up and even now as an adult you struggle with it all the time. And it's mm. like, this isn't just like, hey, I think about it every once in a while. They get, a lot of people normally get uh, uh, obsessed with these thoughts of, I like this person so much. And I remember for me, like in particular, and this has happened to me, where I like this girl for like nine months. And for as an adult, okay, for nine months, we were in a very similar group, um, but we weren't quite friends. So my thing was, how do I break through this group so I can somehow get closer to her? And I thought about her every single day. I would plan, how do I get closer to the group and how do I get the group together just so I can see this one girl? Mm. And it's like, and just my coworkers would always make fun of me and just say, just confess and be done with it. Yeah. But it's like, it's not that easy because at that point, it's like, do you destroy a friendship? Do you destroy the group? Like you're not even that close in the first place. Do you build a friendship? What do you do? And these agonizing, frustrating thoughts where there's not really a right or a wrong answer really just plague you. And it's not like, Hey, okay, it goes away. Like for someone that overthinks or just thinks at a relatively normal level, you almost get overwhelmed because sometimes that could be the first and last thought of your day. Yeah. And it's like you might have a couple distractions and friends go in there. But if you have a little bit of that loneliness and then all of a sudden you're thinking of that one person that can almost make that go away. It's it's a weight that you end up having to carry with you. And just, again, confessing. I've confessed. You've confessed. We've seen people confess and we've seen people where it's worked out and people where they've gotten straight rejected. And it's one of those things where it's like sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's one of those things where it's like, oh, that's messed up. But every single time when we look back at it, at least now we can sit there and say there is a certain strength to that because we don't know what type of battle that person did right before they confessed. For sure. We don't. I remember one uh, when I was an asshole one moment, there was a girl I liked. And I think a big thing is like realizing that kindness isn't doesn't mean someone likes you. And I, as a teenage boy, I didn't think about that as much often. No. Nope. And I always try Boy, to jump no. around like, hey, let's figure out. But. A lot of the time, confession can help you know that, hey, she just would be nice to you, man. Or she just doesn't feel the way that there. It's it's two sides that they both got to you got to show that you like someone. They got to show it, too. It can't just be all oh, they're nice to you. So they like you. Uh, but uh, there's a girl I liked. I won't say her name. And I remember uh, she didn't like me back. I finally was able to tell her. And she's like, yeah, I just want to be friends. I was like, dang, this girl's cool. I like her. And there was this another guy who liked her too, um, and one day, and for some re- for some reason, I was like, if he gets her, I would look like I thought I was better than him. That thing where you think another guy who you're like I'm more attracted to him. Yeah, it's ego. I'm taller than him. I was like this guy better not get her, and I and I felt in my heart that well, if she says yes to him, 
and I was just mad at him. That insecurities kind of pop up. And I hated, and I hated him, even though he never like done anything wrong to me. He was mm-hmm. just a, a guy who also happened to like the girl I liked. And I remember uh, he finally had the nerve to do what I didn't do directly. I mainly found out she didn't like me because people were commenting and like said things. Just like, oh no, I'm just friends kind of thing. She did the whole, oh, Ernest is just a friend. But to him, he finally said, "Hey, after this thing, this day, he, he pulled her aside, and I already irked me because like he has a he has more confidence in just saying directly than I did. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, you know, this, and I, I was so I I even remember because we were this is at tennis practice, so I was leaving the course. I was like, I'm going home. I was mad because this guy's gonna go tell tell this girl I liked, and then they're gonna maybe have a relationship. And I remember." Uh, me just leaving, John was trying to stop me too because I was just mad for some reason that day. Just being an adolescent angst, angsty teen. Uh, and the guy confessed to the girl and she said no and I heard it. And for some reason that brought me so much joy. This evil, like this cruelness and I laughed hard. Just laughing so hard that I fell down this hill by our courts laughing so hard. He rolled down the whole hill whole, laughing the whole, whole time. Whole, laughing. And to a point where John happened to stop a fight because that guy wasn't going to come and fight me right then and there. He would have got beat up, though. <laughs> he would have got beat up. <laughs> I, 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 I just wanted, didn't want him to get rejected and beat up. <laughs> that would have been double. That would have been really messed up. I would have been. But the point is, like, it's just that sometimes we, we're cruel to one another and that uh, I, me now would have said, hey, it's, I'm just glad he, was, he had something that he could have done that I couldn't do. He was able to say, hey, I'm going to be real and be my authentic self. Say, hey, I like you. And lay out on the table and see what happens. It might it might be a no, it might be a yes, but it doesn't mean that life is over and stuff. You know, you don't have to. I think sometimes, I think when I was younger, I would have this idea that I got to get the girl to like me first. Really bad. Like, I got to make sure I always did this, this weird rule I came up with where it's almost like I was balancing two ideas of people. Like, mm-hmm. I like this girl and I like this girl. And I was seeing which one liked me back before I would ever let them know for sure. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't want to be rejected. I think rejection was such a uh, big, huge, evil thing that I mean now is like rejection happens. It's not a bad thing. No, it's not this. And, but that's where the wisdom comes yeah. in. And that just shows, again, this is what every person experiences in their adolescence growing up. This mm-hmm. is the daily life of a standard high school kid, whether it's a boy or a girl. Women and men both have to understand that that rejection is a part of life. I'm a salesman, so I get rejected every damn day. This is something that I had to I had to get like grow up with all like all uh, every time. But even though I get rejected every day due to sales, due to work, due to my income when it comes to that, there's a whole difference between getting rejected from that and getting rejected when your heart, when your vulnerability is also on that line as well. And that's what makes it so hard. And that's why it's like we look back at it and it's funny in a cruel way when we like laugh and joke about it. But we also sit back and even though that kid will never know, he'll never find out. He earned a form of respect from us later on that we didn't know we even really had for him because we didn't realize the power of a confession and the strength it really took for him to do that. And so even now it's like we think back and we're like, man, like that guy had balls. He, he really did. Like, I can really appreciate that as a human being. And now, of course, going forward, we would probably never do that. But who knows? Because the ego is a cruel thing in itself. And as we know, 
whatever springs from weakness is usually some form of evil. It's some form of insecurity. It's some form of negative emotion. And what we were experiencing at that point and what we do experience whenever we do feel these type of emotions is a form of weakness. So when I watch Boys B and when we talk about these stories, you know, it hits me because I think of all the times of our lives and I think of kind of what we're watching as well. And it makes me really cringe at some moments because I'm like, wow, like, yeah, we probably would have made that same mistake. And then I can sit there on other times and say, okay, I know we're better than that. We know we wouldn't have done that one. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. It was good just reminiscing on, like, thinking about things I did for girls I liked and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. uh, hiding certain things where, like, I wanted to conquer my fear of uh, being sucked terrible at swimming and almost drowning and stuff. That I joined the swim team. But also it was another way of me and a girl I liked, too, even though I was – Awful at swimming. Mm-hmm. Awful. But I still did it. <laughs> I well, like, that's the thing. And I yeah. remember in high school, I never said I would have a MySpace back then. Oh, it was yeah, a MySpace. And the only reason why I got one is because of a girl I was digging on at that time. Was like, you should get one so we can talk. And I was like, I'll throw my morals down the drain. <laughs> sure. like, And then immediately do that. And yeah. even now, like, for me, I like rock climb. I climb. Okay. The only reason why I got my top rope certification, the only reason why I was like, I'm going to go high up there is because of a girl I liked had it. So I was like, okay, it's going to allow me to talk to her more. If I'm going to risk my life, it's I got I got to talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how dumb I am even now. So it's really cool. Again, just kind of reminiscing, going through some of these stories and realizing, you know, even though we're older, these issues do change, but they also stay the same kind of throughout our life as well. For sure. I think uh, with that being said, like with these characters and just how me and John have been talking so far, I think a great thing that this shows is how powerful voice actors can be mm-hmm. of making these characters come alive. Because just having a script that might um, sound good, but it's really the voice that team that really can make it come alive and make it seem so authentic and real. So I definitely want to give to- uh, give credit to some of the main car- the main cast of Boys B. Uh, the Jap- John Watson subs, and we'll give the Japanese voice actors immediately their praise. And then also we'll give the vo- uh, English voice actors because I watched it in dub. So for the boys, um, the voice actor of uh, Koichi, the Japanese voice actor was uh, Suzumura Kenichi. And his English voice actor was Sam Rigo, who Sam Rigo's awesome. I like him from uh, Critical Role. Him and his friend, uh, another guy from Critical Role, also did this dub this anime. Uh, for Makoto uh, uh, Kuramasawa, uh, his Japanese voice actor was Ishida Akira, and English voice actor, actor was Liam O'Brien. Uh, for Yoshihiko Kinjo, Japanese voice actor was Ishikawa Hideo, Hideo and its uh, ja- English was Patrick Sheets. And one thing, as I was like writing the, the names down, was how interesting I am about our how. America is different than like other countries, and how powerful like surnames are, and the difference like the last names goes before the first name in Japanese. Really, to really show that your family name is very important. But I feel in America, it's a lot of times it's mainly your first name. It's your own individual identity versus your family identity. And that's, yeah, that's fascinating. And maybe you can shed a little bit more light on it. But I think the only time that we care more about surnames here in America is military, right? Uh, yeah, military. It's like. Because they usually call you like your last name your first, last like name. normally. Because in 
And the military is mainly because they want to eliminate that. And I think this is where we're going to go with. It makes sure to eliminate that. They want to change that individual mindset you might have mm-hmm. from being that, hey, in the military, you're a unit, you're a team, you're, you're ranking than your last name because your your identity is more for a family unit. That that's what matters. Which makes sense because if you watch a lot of anime, kind of, you're gonna notice that they always call each other by the surname, yeah. and then when it's intimate, and they always make a huge deal of, "Can I call you by your given name?" Mm-hmm. And that's always a huge deal in anime because that means it's showing how close these two people now have gotten. And I think it also shows like using surnames and your last name really goes like you're not only representing yourself, but you're representing your family and how mm-hmm. that can affect certain things. Uh, for the main cast of the girls, um, Shiharu uh, Nida's voice, Japanese voice actress is Mure uh, Kazusa. Uh, its English voice actress was Amy Kincaid. Um, for Aki Mazutani, its Japanese voice actress was Shiratori Yuri. And English was Michelle Shiratori. Uh, for Yumi Kazuma, uh, Japanese voice actress was Nagasawa Miki, and it's her English voice actress was Stephanie Shea. Hope I said it right. Um, but they did. Uh, I saw some of the Japanese from uh, a little bit earlier with John showing me a clip. Uh, I always praise uh, sub. I think it's very important and great, and the voice team actually bring these anime characters alive. It's always amazing. I enjoyed the English voice acting team as well. Sometimes it's hit or miss, but. This team had voices I liked. Uh, Sam Rigo did an excellent job as Koichi. And Liam O'Brien did a, a great job as Makoto. I think everyone on the team really brought these characters alive and really hit it perfectly mm-hmm. of what I expected. Um, yeah, I, re- I just really enjoyed how this how these characters was brought alive. It's not just how they were brought to life, but it was also, I think it was a touch of a little bit of everything too because the music was really soft the score throughout the the actual anime yeah. had a very like 90s early 2005 very sweet very poppy the art style to me didn't bug me in even no. the slightest very old school art style and so and i feel very like realist, like they some of the times they had that anime color but i i like the proportion of how they looked human. And stuff exactly. Like, like Japanese. So, I mean, yeah. there was, there was nothing that was over like size. Like nowadays it's like everyone, like every female has like a huge bust yeah. or they're lolly. It's either one or immediately the other. Exactly. That's it. And in this one, again, it, it just emphasized that these are actual yeah. real human beings. I even like how they did shirts, like how clothes were fit on people. It mm-hmm. felt so real. Like, Hey, you're a track, uh, Chihara who was, who ran track and cross country her body the clothes fit and like when it was running they were able to animate like the clothes kind of wrinkling up and stuff like that just little things nuances is cool it was cool but there was one thing that was hilarious okay did it make you go what the hell when it would do the the kind of like the interlude where they would put the commercial break it would be like boys b and then you would see like a girl kind of half taking off her shirt or you would see like a different person where it's like you would see like the stomach of a girl, but you would never see their face. And oh, it would always yeah. be like a schoolgirl. It'd be like boys be boys be and had like this. So like sound like this clothing outfit called soul. Yeah. And and, like, what the? But was, it was, was always like, a female doing yeah. something like a real girl, <laughs> yeah. a real Japanese girl, probably a like high schooler. Her swimsuit yeah. Swimsuit, was like, <laughs> and I remember <laughs> seeing that for the first couple of times. I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> 
That part cracked me up. Uh, but aside from that aspect with the way the music was, uh, the score throughout the show, the art style was, how they did it overemphasize. There wasn't a bunch of fan service. I liked, I think it all came together for a really nice sweet package. Also, I just want to give a shout out to one voice actor for English that was there that he did a side character role. And that's my boy. Uh, I'm going to give the Japanese uh, voice for uh, the character Tsuyoshi uh, Ueno. Uh, Japanese voice actor was Yuji, uh, well, Ueda Yuji. But his English voice actor was our boy, Johnny Young Bosch. Which character? Uh, he was uh, the photograph, the photographer. The, all the boy. Oh, yeah. shoot. He was Aki's liked, boyfriend. Yeah. That's awesome. Was That's like, really cool. Boy. Yeah. Uh, but Aww. before I jump into talking about the manga, there's this big topic I wanted to ask you that I wrote down. Hmm. Question, because we watched 13 episodes. This is kind of spoilery, but we'll we'll talk about it. It's only about two characters from the story. Mm-hmm. Um, that being Koichi and Shiharu. So by the end of the series, things have, have happened. Things change. But do you think Koichi should get back together with Shiharu? See, that would be really tough because for me, I do I believe everyone deserves the second chance? Yes. Yes. And do I think, for instance, high schoolers genuinely do make mistakes? 100 percent. So there is there's a lot where I can give uh, Chiharu the benefit of the doubt, given the situation that they were in. I myself do not think that should happen. I do not think (laughs) they should get back together. I do not think he should waste his his time at all when it comes to dealing with this person he will be able to find someone better when it comes to that if the situation as a whole worked out a little bit differently then maybe i can justify it okay but when you have a guy that works for this girl's family for a week helping them out and then he deals with what he what he saw he had to deal with what he saw in that situation that to me is incredibly insulting. Like it really, really is. And if they're doing that already where they were in a relationship, but now she's like, oh, I'm not in a relationship. Yeah, we're not really. We're uh, not really dating. They didn't put a label on it, though. Everyone else in our firm group says we're dating. and Like together. that in itself made me incre- like aggressive to the point to where I was in a bad. I had a bad attitude for like two days after mm-hmm. that. Like I went to bed angry. I woke up angry and i i like got straight up i had a bad like it was a monday and tuesday because of that because i thought about it all damn day and what would i do in that situation and i'm trying to give chiharu as much benefit of the doubt as possible and just like hey this is it but if kiyochi was my friend and that was somebody i knew and i was to give them advice that probably they wouldn't take let's be honest it would because it's not going to apply i'm not in that situation but if I was to give my boy advice, I'd have been like, you can find so many other people. You're going to be an artist. You're going to be dripping with women. Maybe not her. Like <laughs> anyone else, just not her. Like if she's already done this situation at this point with what's going down, what's to stop it from happening again? I mean, it just doesn't make sense. What about you? Um, I'm sorry. I can agree with you on the. Uh seeing that she kind of like changed in like two days she wasn't able to do track but as soon as she had time off she wanted to spend time with a, a boy 
but Koichi was helping out her family, so he couldn't be there. So she immediately went for somewhere else, even though her friends came up to visit that she could have hung out with the whole time. It was that weird thing. I think uh, second chances can happen. I think people can grow. Um, I know for my wife, uh, me and my wife, we we dated, broke up, and took some time apart before we came back together. Mm-hmm. wasn't the same as, like, hey, one of us cheating, but it was definitely a time where we both had to kind of learn and, like, grow individually before we could see ourselves back together, and that worked out positively. So I think in the future, if things work out better, cool. I think they need to have more space together, and I think the last episode does a good job of Koichi really seeing himself and seeing that, you know, I want to enjoy the little beauty and not uh, fill up the space and stuff. I want to mm-hmm. focus on these little moments in life and say that's good. You know? I mean, to give Chiharu a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, yeah. it almost looked like she fell out of love with Kyochi. That's what it looked like. Yeah. And if that's what the author was going for in terms of that, I have no problem with falling out of love with somebody because that happens all the time. I have a problem of lack of communication, though. Yeah. And she tried to talk to him on the phone and tell him, but it was like fireworks. It was a bad moment. She knew he and, was working. Yeah. She knew he was working. She was like, and that's the time she wants to talk. Hey, man, she, you're in the middle of your shift. Now let's have a let, let's have a talk. Your friend, one of your friends, you and your friends working together. It's, hey, man, we got to clean this place up before we can go. No, I'm on uh, my girl's on the phone. I was like, hey, I gotta go, and she's just like whispering stuff. Yeah, he's like, hey, like, I'll just I'll call you shot. later. And so, again, at that point, I think she probably would have broken up with him over the phone right there if that conversation would have continued, which, again, I would have been more okay with that. But that lack of communication, which is expected from high schoolers. Oh, yeah. And and they do 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 a good scene of before he hangs up, she's putting more money into about to put money in to extend the timer. But he hangs up and then she puts the money in to call the other guy. Yeah. Almost like saying that she did her part. She wiped clean of yeah. that burden. Like, I don't have a boyfriend no more. And that's what so, drove me, like, yeah. straight like straight crazy. Like, it, it made me. Breaking up, so yeah. like, I'm, her saying falling in love. I was like, hopefully you heard that because we're done. Oh. Yeah. It, it made me think of this, though, actually, just now. When uh, <laughs> one of our friends uh, back in high school, he was dating a girl. And she broke up with him through email, and he did not know until the day after. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So he went went to school and, like, was hanging out with her. He's like, man, this is some weird vibe. Why is she doing that? To a point where she had to say, did you check your email? He's like, no. And then we went back to John's house. He probably put it up, and he looked. And so I was like, oh, she, she broke up with me. <laughs> Yeah, that one was, uh, but uh, kind of a similar situation yeah. because we know, again, in high school, especially if distractions are around work, all this others, you know, you're comparing what you think you really want. You thought, you know, this is what you wanted. There's a lot of complex emotions with it. So it's like I try to give her as much benefit of the doubt, like as I mentally can expect, like as I can. But my end result is. Guy's going to be an artist. He'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, I had some goofiest dramatic breakups ever. It was goofy. Yeah. I mean, goofy that's. Goofy in high school. Where your girl, like, your girl's not talking to you all day. Like, what's going on? Like, she's probably going to break up with me. Now, at the end of the day, you she comes up with her friends, and she hands me uh, a, a gift I gave her. I was like, well, that's it. I'm, like, feeling sad. Like, 
this is a big bird. I was like, you ain't sad. We ready to move on. Yeah. But I was like, I want her back. I want to fight for her. Dumb. I should listen to John when he's like, hey, man, don't. But that's the thing is we've experienced similar like these. That's what makes Boys Be such an interesting anime, because when you watch this, it makes you think of the past of all the things that did happen. And you can really relate on such a different level, because, again, we've all felt something similar in terms of these situations. So I as bitter as what I was about, like what Chiharu is and did (laughs) is is for real. (laughs) I still liked it overall more because it made me realize how much of a learning experience I still need to do as an adult, yeah. but how much like of a new world this was when we first got introduced to it, you know, as high schoolers. Mm. Uh, let's jump into the manga before we wrap up with the music, uh, the, the anime's intro and ending. Uh, so in the manga, I'm going to tell you about certain little vignettes of stories. I only read the first five chapters. So the first one uh, dealt with a girl named Chizuko. And uh, basically, it was like the main character, uh, Koichi. Uh, not Koichi. I say. Yeah, yeah, Koichi. But they were going by his last name, so they are just calling him Kanazaki. Uh, he, he went to a trip with some of like, I don't want to say that, that his best friends. Mm-hmm. It was like his friend group that he tagged along with. And basically, they're doing a summer vacation trip where they're going to try to pick up girls and stuff. And Koichi was basically their grunt to go grab them beers and take the ugly girl. Uh, but uh, He was a grenade. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He handled the grenade. <laughs> he was a grenade. So anyways, he went on this trip and he met this other girl who was on that vacation. And he's like, all these guys just come here to pick up girls. And he's like, no, I'm different. I'm not like them. To a point where uh, he hangs out with her. And then uh, he goes back to hang out with his friends on the beach, and he needed to actually be the grenade he is when this girl, this bussy girl, try to come up, come on to him, and like kiss him. And they kiss at first, and he's like, "No!" He pushes her away and runs off to go be with this other girl. And like she sees the lipstick, but instead he wipes it off. She wipes it off him. She's like, "I know you were just being a grenade, and you you didn't mean to have her kiss you." And then she gives him a real kiss. End of story. Man. Couple things about that. One, that's sweet, but I don't think any high schooler would ever do that. And two, I don't like how they use the same name as my boy. <laughs> yeah, I don't it. like it. They, they use the it. same name as the boy and then a completely different story. That could be confusing. So just remember as a recap, the manga does use the same names as the characters that was part of the anime, but they are not in the same story groups or anything of that sort it's all different right yeah yeah that pissed me off but uh, i guess good for him yeah another the next story vignette was still all these will follow uh kanazaki uh but the next girl was a girl named megumi um and basically the main character and actually a guy who i would say is his good friend uh maseo they uh, are hanging out, and there's this girl that he likes. Um, has this like, think of like this, like this the girl next door, sweetheart girl from your school that you just like. Oh, she's so cool, and you wish you had the nerve to talk to her. Um, and Maceo's like, hey man, you should definitely like try to talk to her before she gets taken. You know, a girl like that, eventually someone will. But anyways, you come to find out that yes, she does get taken because they go to this uh, Japanese festival, and he's wearing his digs, and she's actually there with. 
her actual boyfriend who asked her out of the study group. But uh, Kanazaki found out that Masail actually liked her too. He just didn't say anything. Mm. And just uh, that, that feeling of trying to be cool and try to let your friend kind of uh, get the girl, even though you like her as well and not say anything. And how that, you know, that made me think it was times where I was just like, hey, I also like the same girl my friend likes. And how, you know, how do you balance that? Do you just like, hey, you know, who has a big relationship? Or do you just, you know, say, hey, my feelings will go away eventually and flee? Or or the big thing that, that this show was that your friendships are more, can be more valuable than a potential relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, next was this girl named How. Koharu, uh, she basically was a nerdy girl that got Kanzaki sick because uh, she spilled soup on him. She like worked in the cafeteria. It's Kanzaki in all these stories. Yeah, it's all him. So it's just him with the budget. Yeah. So what I a think, player! I think what happens is like each season uh, deals with each manga chapter deals with one of the the main characters. Because mm-hmm. I think I saw another one that focused on the character that I believe is uh, Yoshihiko, mm-hmm. but he's instead of baseball, he's he does. Uh, karate or uh, something like that. Some martial arts. Some martial arts. But anyways, uh, this all these deal with him. So uh, the nerdy girl gets him sick and feels bad and makes soup for him. And he's like, oh, that girl who I thought was nerdy, she looks good outside her school uniform and with her hair down with no glasses. And uh, eventually he tries to like, go. he goes back to school and he's like, oh, I want to build a relationship with her. And she's being weird at school towards him. And she's like, why is she not, like, being as confident as she was when she came to my house and talked to me? Mm-hmm. Uh, but he realized that uh, she gives him a big plate of spaghetti bigger than everyone else. So it's more like, hey, you know, you're you're nice. I remember that. But I'm just not going to be different at school. Kind yeah. Of. Uh, another girl was uh, Shuzuko. And it was, like, his childhood friend. Yeah. That it, it's weird because it's the same name as a girl he met in the summer vacation, but the story made it seem like they were they were friends because he was like, uh, he was saying that Suzuko and another friend Ichijo are best are was his best friends, mm-hmm. and Ichijo has a girlfriend that they are the ideal couple and hang out, but uh, Kanazaki, um, is starting to see that Suzuko. Shizuko likes him, mm. but he doesn't do anything about it until like later on in the story. He finally gets the nerve to kiss her, and then that's basically it. They share a kiss, and then the next story is a different girl. So it's weird that it's never like a chicken soup for yeah. the teenage soul. But same character, same main guy, different girl. Mm-hmm. Next one was this weird girl named uh, Akiko. The only thing I, about this story that I found I laughed was when a girl, the girl, invited him over to her place when her aunt was gone. Mm-hmm. They would have the place themselves, and they just spend the whole night talking. But there's a funny thing that she got. She made him black tea, and she she was like, "Hey, you want to? You know, so I don't have wine or anything." He's like, "That's fine. Just give me some brandy." So they poured brandy and black tea together. Now I was gonna bring that today, so I, well, you can try it out. Drinking black tea and brandy mix. Should have. <laughs> I would have tried it. I'd have been hella mad. And they said, "I don't taste it. I don't taste anything." I was like, "I don't believe that's true." I think we black tea is just. You can taste I anything that's taste in black alcohol. tea. Black yeah. tea doesn't have a great taste. Yeah, I can taste the sugar when I smell yeah. that stuff. But uh, yeah, it was, it was just those three stories, and I think it mainly dealt with infatuation and short vignettes of situations that can happen in stories, just like you know, chicken noodle soup. 
I mean, it's cool if you go in that knowing that. But if yeah. you don't know that and you're looking for a continuation of anything that happened after the anime, it does feel a little frustrating when it comes to that. What do you think of like having that? Like, if you get a series and you're just using the series name and characters, you think that's a disservice? You should just follow, follow the the source material exactly. Uh, I believe artists should have freedom of expression when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. So to sit there and be like, you should follow 100% the story. I don't know about that. I, I think they should have options. So I think first Full Metal Alchemist was great, but Brotherhood was 10 times better when they actually followed the source material. Mm-hmm. I remember Samurai uh, Samurai Deeper Cryo. They did not follow the source material. No one watched. That anime was trash. Yeah, like, and even it. Samurai X wasn't part of the source material. Yeah. That wasn't. That had nothing to do. That was the second yeah. kind of thing. So, I mean, again, I like how they should have the option to do that. But for me... I'm the type of person I like to know the ending. If I see that something is ongoing and con- like continuing, unless there's hundreds of chapters, it's hard for me to watch it because I hate not being able to fully finish it. Otherwise, it will drive me fucking crazy, man. Mm. Like with games, I don't really worry about that with too much. But when it comes to anime, it's one of those things where it's like, ah, I needed to know, okay, does he get back with Chiharu or does he get with somebody else? And because I don't have that answer, it drives me absolutely crazy. I don't like that aspect. But again, I do want to sit there and say, hey, they should 100% always follow the source. I don't know if that should be kind of the standard. I would appreciate it, but what if it's better than the source material? Do you have any examples of that? Uh, When it's better than the source material? Because off the top of my head, I don't have any examples for you, man. <laughs> no, I actually have to look that up. Yeah. I don't, I don't, none, none come to mind. So I feel no, like hey. there's probably some that are better than the source material. But for most of the time, for what Ernest The only time I seen, can think of that is like actual live action shows. Like uh, the the show on Amazon right now, The Boys. Uh, the show, the TV live action show is better than the actual manga. Really? The I mean, comic? The actual comic book, yeah. yeah. Because uh, they can do things a little bit differently and focus on because it's a TV show, they focus on certain characters instead of being sporadic and having these more uh, overly, uh, overly like mess up moments. Like mm. in the the comic book is more like these superheroes uh, assault women and uh, do drugs and all these crazy things. It's like overly violent and grotesque, mm. while the show can be more contained and mm. more focus on how would the world be like if hmm. we had superheroes and if they were selfish pricks. So, yeah. Uh, let's go on to the music and the opening. You ready for these? Yeah. I I, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I can say this personally for myself. Neither the opening nor the ending will ever be on any of my music uh, playlists or anything. If it was on my playlist... It probably would be because I died and a friend happened to go to my YouTube library and saw that I played this song once because of this podcast. It was like, hey, let's go play it for him. And I would get out of my grave and be like, turn that shit off. <laughs> and then go back down. <laughs> what a great picture. <laughs> it's not terrible. It's just not my vibes anyway. I, I, I mean, it sounded like the song is horrible. It's just You couldn't give funny. it a worse like, <laughs> impression. That was a good, terrible introduction. Uh, so the opening is uh, Daijobu by Maeda Aki. And it was uh, the opening from episodes 1 to 12. So here it goes.
that was Daijobu by Maeda Aki. What do you think of it, John? I already said I kind of think. Yeah, you already told us your thoughts. <laughs> For me, I think it sounds like I agree with you in terms of it would never be on like a playlist, but. I do think it's actually not a bad song for its time period. Mm. It does have like an early 2000s, like 90s vibe to it. Uh, the first 30 seconds of the song where she like emphasizes like the voice. I think that's a really sweet, like sweet part. And I really think like she has a really nice voice overall. Mm, yes. So it's like for what this anime kind of represents, the lack of action. It's more conversational. It's a slice of life. I think it fits it really yeah, well. For sure. I, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. It definitely fits the, the anime. Um, for its ending uh, theme, uh, same act, uh, s- singer, songstress, uh, but it's called. <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> Mina, Minaga Aine by Maeda Aki. <laughs> <laughs> What was that called? That was called uh, Minaga Aine. I know I is love. So something that deals with love, hmm. which I'm sure we can probably get that based off the feeling of that song. Yeah. When I think of that song, I'm going to be honest. I skip the ending theme song every single time because of how salty this anime made me, oh, especially towards the end. I skipped that. So I skipped it every single time. I don't think it's, I mean, it's it suits it in terms of the time period. I like the intro more than the outro mm. myself, but I'm not really exactly a fan of that outro. I don't think it's too great. What about you? Uh, I think it suits uh, the shows. And it just honestly just flowed right through it. I think um, because it's 2000s, you know, not, not a lot of music bands and stuff like the bands that we hear now were making music target for anime specifically. So. I just think it fit the vibes of this being a slice of life comedy romance shonen from the early 2000s. Yeah. yeah. I mean, from a 20 year old like theme song or ending theme song, it, it, I get it. Yeah. Like, it sounds like it, it fits that time period. So, that right there was our kind of uh, our run through of Boys B. What's your overall impression of this anime? Would um, you recommend it? Would you not? What. What is your last impression of this? It's weird. I came in here uh, before when we sat down. I was going to be like, hey, I don't. This is all right. Uh, I think. Um, but talking to you, I, I made me think about it more. Maybe enjoy it. I think if you're looking for a slice of life uh, and that maybe that can connect to you a little bit from your own like experience through school. I'll say definitely check this out. I think because anime is like this, it's like those that pay the way of other slice of life stories coming alive. 
So I think there are better slice of life stories out there mm-hmm. that at least as I got older connected with me. I think this worked be- this connected with me perfect when I was a teenager, but me now certain things sprinkled out hit me more. But like one that I rem- immediately think is like that hit me not too long ago was Real Life and mm-hmm. how that slice of life anime was I just like the story of having the idea of go- being able to go back in time and well, take a pill and become younger again to go through high school and see what you do differently mm-hmm. for your own mindset and like getting a retry. Um, but yeah, I definitely say check it out if you want to. It's not as heavily advertised, but there are also many great slice of life. I'm just glad we were able to watch this one and actually you know reminisce about some funny moments in our lives and some hard ones. Yeah, when I think of Boys B, I mean, when I watched it earlier this week. I was definitely salty on a couple different parts and that again that stayed with me for a while and when I really thought about it I was like is this anime as good as what I really remembered it because I remembered it being great okay Mm. and I think just my definition of greatness has also changed over my uh, the period of time as well over the last 20 years and now I think an anime could and does hit that potential of greatness if it has real estate in your mind. If you thought about it intensely, you were invested in the characters, you liked some of the score, or you were okay with overlooking some of the flaws with the story or some of the flaws with the art or anything of that sort. I think if you can do that, like then at that point, it's almost like you would consider it a great anime. Mm. For me in particular, I liked the characters. I loved the lack of tropes. I liked the fact that, you know, like you said, the clothes fit everybody really well. There was no major fan service. It was a genuine, nice, old school slice of life anime that, like you said, really paved the way for the luxury of what we have nowadays. So when I think of Boys B, I'm incredibly grateful because I think I did learn a lot from it growing up. I really do because of all the themes that they really do hit with love and loss. But I also think now watching it as an adult, I realize that I'm still learning. I'm still growing. And there's still a lot I can learn from it even nowadays from stuff that goes against my unrealistic expectations to other perspectives that I just don't understand to even myself and understanding that how much you have to love yourself and the themes that they really bring along when it comes to that. So for me in particular, I mean, if you would have got me Monday, it would have been hard for me to recommend Boys B. But when you actually sit back, you watch it, you let it air out for a couple days, you know, you can. And then you start really thinking of like, how did this apply to your life? I think as adults, I would highly recommend, I would recommend this anime. If you're a teenager, for instance, I would then still recommend this anime because I feel like there's going to be themes that you're going to see in this anime that's going to affect you and the people around you for the rest of your life and i think that it will be in anyone's benefit to at least check it out and get a good perspective because we always learn from a change of perspective a change of mentality and we also learn from other people's experiences and so if they experience that form of heartbreak or that form of loss because they didn't confess or because they didn't embrace something specific i feel like it's important to kind of learn from those mistakes and they put these mistakes in a realistic perspective where, hey, this could actually happen in life. So I like that. I think Boys B is something I would recommend. At least give it three episodes. If you don't like it after three episodes, you're going to get what you kind of <laughs> – it doesn't change after three episodes. Yeah. Like you know it's exactly what you get three episodes in. But I do think you should at least kind of uh, give Koichi, Yoshihiko, and Makoto the three main characters – a chance to see 
is there anything that's a similarity with you and them? Hmm. Now that right there is our review of Boys B, the anime from the 2000s. Diving deep into the archives when it comes to that. It's a great slice of life anime that I would say is more shonen. It's more for teenagers kind of up when it comes to this. It's definitely more conversation based. There's no action, you know, hence the slice of life aspect. And I I definitely think it was a good choice kind of for what we did because a lot of anime that we have got in the past, I remember I was like, a couple (laughs) days later, I let it air out and I still had that same feeling. This one got a little, a lot easier when you actually have somebody that can kind of be a soundboard on where we can bounce some of these ideas kind of back and forth on. What, so, what's next? You think you want to throw any previews of any ideas you might be having? For? So there is one that in particular that I've had kind of my eye on that I wanted to go through, which was it was an old school anime on that uh, appeared on Adult Swim. It was called Witch Hunter Robin. Hmm. I've had that kind of in the back of my mind for a long time, but I have uh, one or two others that I have to check out first before we that's around that same time period Yeah. that uh, before I kind of make that decision of, hey, what's the next 12 episodes we're actually going to slog through? Mm. I want to be I want it to be good and I want it to be like talks where it's like this, where we're able to reflect or like our Ghost in the Shell review, where we're able to have some form of talk where would we have those enhancements or would we do that? I, those are always my favorite conversations. So going forward, I definitely can't wait for the next one. Um, what is our ending song for today? Uh, ending song, as I was uh, flicking there, thinking about some things that would work perfect. At first, I was about to do this over-the-top, big jumping song. But you know what I said? Forget that. I want to do some, a song that hit hard and really hit the feels back in the day from an anime that a lot of people are getting into now, especially seeing it on TikTok videos and stuff. But it's from Naruto, and it's my boy Akiboshi Wind. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> 